Look at your neighbor and say, I've been noticing how you've been behaving. Uh, people like to have a good time. And it's nothing wrong with a good time. But if you are a Bible believer, Ecclesiastes said there is a time. There is a time for everything. So we come now to the time to hear from God. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to continue. I want to continue the, uh, we are in the series of what? Come on, help me. What's the series we're in? Oh, uh-uh, don't say, oh, say, I went ahead. I went ahead. All right. We, we don't want to, we don't want to get too close to, to the other song. And uh, we are uh, in the parable of, of Jesus. Jesus spoke parables in order to help us to understand spiritual truth. Another reason why he spoke parables because there were people who wanted to uh, misuse the word and use it for their own good. And so here we find in Matthew, the uh, 13th chapter, uh, verses 13 through 23. Let us read that together. Starting with verse 18. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us all say amen. amen. How many of you are believers? Amen. Now watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. How many of you are believers in Jesus Christ? Amen. Um, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that means you believe his words. Amen. amen. Now watch as we go through this parable because the parables that we are reading here relates to us. 
don't leave him back there 2,000 years ago. Bring him right now at this very minute talking to each and every one of us. This series is dealing with stewardship of your time. What else? Amen. This is the stewardship time for us. And uh, this parable is helping us understand about our stewardship of all things. I started out last time at the beginning of this, and so I'm not going to go back and repeat what we have talked about uh, last Sunday, but this message is part two of heart blockers, heart blockers, and we realized from the last message that a blocker is something that hinders something from growing, Amen. And now we all have blockers in our life. And we all have blockers in our life. We got some kind of blockers in our life. Uh, I, 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 often, I often relate my marriage experience uh, to uh, a lot of things that I have learned. And uh, when I got married, well, before I got married, I normally had a refrigerator full of food. I always took two grocery bags home of food that people have prepared for me so I could eat during the week. And once I got married, my wife became a blocker. She gave me instructions of what I, who I could eat from and who I could not. Now, men that are husbands, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. So I end up having to have only food that my wife said was okay. And she was a blocker. But here, 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 here in this parable of the sower, we also know that the seed is the word of God. And the soil is us. We also know that it takes the seed and the soul, and the soul, the ground, in order to germinate or to make transformation. Just having the seed and it's not penetrating our heart doesn't do us any good. But we have to have the seed to penetrate our heart. The word has to penetrate our heart in order to make changes. A lot of times we come to church and we get the seed, but we don't allow it to Now, folks say, well, how can that happen? I'm going to take you back to my marriage. It was a time I had to learn how to keep my temper at a certain uh, level. And one of the ways I had to learn to do that is I would look at my, my wife, talk to me, see her mouth moving, but won't hear nothing. Come on, men. You don't have to. You don't have to fest up because your wives are here. But you know what I'm talking about. But now I'm not gonna make this just a husband thing because wives do the same thing. They look at their husband's wife mouth moving, but won't hear what nothing they say. And we come to church like that. 
We hear the preacher preach. Watch his mouth move. Wait on him to hoop. And that's the only part you hear is the hooping. Yeah, but I come to find out that hooping don't help you when you're in trouble. Because we live by the word of God. Amen. So, so, so let's, 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 let's get started, see how far we get. I'm learning now not to rush myself and to take it, you know, a little piece at a time. Because my, my uh, uh, psychology class taught me that a person's tension span is one minute per age. So if you are 65 years old, you should be able to have a tension span of 65 minutes. So you just start counting down. <laughs> if you're 50, it's 50 minutes. All right, look at your neighbor and say, how old are you? Set your watch and see how long it takes for them. See how long it takes for them to drift off. Now, for my young folks, I want you to text your friends and tell them you're in church right now. Tell them you're in church right now and tell them where the message is coming from. Matthew, the 13th chapter, 18 to 23. If they care to comment, text back. Well, here in, I'm focused on verse 20 and 21. Well, that's where we left off, verse 20. 21, Jesus is dealing with the sower, sowing the seeds. And, of course, this is Jesus talking about the word of God being given to us. And he speaks of various conditions of people. But he uses what most people are familiar with of that time. Most people back there were farmers. They plant something in order to yield something. You cannot yield something if you don't plant something. And understanding that when you plant and you yield something, that is also the principle of reciprocity. That whatever you put out, you get back. And there are folk who don't believe that, but some of your conditions that you are in because you have sold what? The seed. Oh, you're not listening to me. You have sowed the seed, and now it's coming back. Now, something about life, though, things just don't come back when you think it does. But guess what? It does. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's get started. Because in verse 20 and 21, the rock in this parable is the one that, um, that uh, is the very thing that, that hinders people. It, it hinders what happens. And the rock is the very thing that causes us to reject the word of God. Amen. Reject the word of God. Uh, not, not so much uh, because uh, uh, they did not comprehend. Not because they did not become comprehend, but they let other things interfere with their comprehension. Not that they didn't comprehend, but they let other things block them from understanding to the fullest and doing what was required to them, and it was required of us to understand. I told you last time when I preached that in verse 12, Jesus opened up a spiritual truth 
that when you understand the word of God, it will multiply your life. When you understand the word of God, it will multiply your life. But if you don't understand the word of God and do nothing to understand the word of God, whatever you have right now is what you have. It won't be no multiplication. It won't be multiplying. You won't get abundance. It won't help you at all. It'll keep you just where you are. It's just like a person who goes to work and says, the only thing I want to do is do a nine to five and go home. And then they wonder why their, their neighbor, their, their co-workers, are now managers in, 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 in other places because maybe what they did is went further than just nine to five. They tried to understand how the company works and what they were looking for and what they needed and how they could fit in, which caused them to watch out. Now, I'm going to say this and... You, you, you know, you can discuss them behind my back. It's okay. But, you know, if you're still in the same spot that you were 15 years ago on your job, you, you, you may be just a 95. Look at your neighbor and say, mm, mm, mm. As we approach this, uh, uh, this particular parable uh, of the seed, and how it fell upon a rocky place, the rock uh, causes some problems. And that uh, being that the, the ground, the soil, is our heart. And the seed is the word of God. And, and you know in the word of God, there's life. I'm going to say it again. In the word of God, there's life. This is why Satan don't want you to really understand the word of God. Because in the word of God is life. And in the word of God, it will transform you if you understand how the word of God is being given to you. Look at your neighbor and say, all I need is a little understanding. The word of God is spiritual truths. And the soil is our heart. And our heart needs to comprehend what God is saying to us in order for us to grow and grasp onto the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is your relationship with God. And because God has all of us as his children, our relationship with God is also dependent upon our relationship with each other. And Jesus reminds us of a spiritual truth. How can you love God and yet do not like your fellow man? Loving your fellow man is the same as loving God, and that's what makes it works as the kingdom of God. It's relationship. A lot of folks don't like relationship. They want to be alone. They want to be private. They want to sit aside. But I'm telling you this, that when you get to heaven, you're going to have a whole lot of relationships going on. So you might as well get used to it right now. Amen. We got folk down here that don't want to socialize, and they want to come to church just, just after it starts and leave before it's over because they don't want any what? Relationship. But I'm going to tell you this, you cannot be a child of God and think like that because we all are dependent upon each other. And God made it that way. Amen. Aren't you happy that you have a friend? Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I was talking to somebody the other day because, um, you know, we have this, uh, uh, this thing about families, especially how family sticks together. 
and all that good stuff. And I do believe in family. I do believe in family should stick together. But when there is a time, as Ecclesiastes says, for you to do God's work, then you kind of have to forget about family. Well, you say, well, Pastor, how is that true? Well, if Abraham would have stuck with his family, he left his whole family in order to follow God. And uh, I think we got that kind of backwards. But nevertheless, when God says for you to break away, you need to what? Break away. Because, see, God gives us choices. Either you can do it or you don't have to do it. And you have to keep in mind that uh, we are children of God. And God is our ultimate, our only almighty God that controls everything. So he gives us choice to choose. And if we're not uh, choosing God, then we are choosing who? Oh, you need to say it a little louder. And that's why God asked for you to give him your whole heart, your mind, your body, your soul, your time, your talent, and your tithe. So he speaks of this rock in the soil. So uh, let's look at something a little closely because a rock will hinder you from doing the will of God. Just look at this parable. I, I'm going to have you do a little um, uh, participation. Do you mind? Right. Now, this is my left, which will be your left. Right. Now, you're going to read for me, watch this, Matthew, the 13th chapter, verse 5 and 6. Right. Not right now. But I want you to find it. I want you to find it. Okay? Some of y'all don't have Bibles, so you have to look on. Kind of like the five, the ten virgins, right? Five of them didn't bring the Bibles. <laughs> now, on my right, which will be your right on this side, I want you to look up verse 20 and 21. Of Matthew 13. This is what we call participation. Let me know when you have it. You have it? Okay, okay, okay. Now, 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 in this parable, you got to understand, Jesus begins to explain this parable with verse 5 and 6. Well, he starts with 1, but verse 5 and 6 helps you understand verse 20 and 21. See, sometimes it's good for you to start at the beginning of the book yeah. instead of go to the back and work to the front. You're not looking at me. You're not listening to me. Can you hear me? So if you skip the beginning, you might have some problems comprehending. I learned that when I was going to school and cutting class. All right, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Because, you know, I mean, we got to understand that, that we all have to grow. All have to grow. Now, if we start at the beginning with verse 5 and 6, it's going to help us understand verse 20 and 21. Therefore, <coughs> to my uh, left, 
I want you to read verse 5 and 6. Stop right there. What did it just say? Hold on, hold on. What, what did it say? Some what? Where what? Continue. It, it, it sprung up what? Quickly. Sprung up quickly. Sprung up quickly. Now, 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 now I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to help the young folk because old folk already got it down. Uh, anything that grows fast may not last long. And, and, and you watch yourself in relationship. Be careful how fast people want a relationship. Because I learned this very carefully. Patience. You will learn a whole lot by waiting. Because folk will be like a rock and will hinder you. And you got to know what you're dealing with. And that takes what? Uh, it sprung up quickly. Let's keep going. Because the soil was what? Because the soil was shallow. It wasn't deep. Keep going. Verse 6. All right, okay, so we got five and six down. So it said that soil, I mean, the seed fell on, on some, some, some soil, and, 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 and the rock was there, and uh, everything went fine for a minute because it grew up quickly. It, 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 it rooted and shot up. But then when the sun came up, and the sun came up, got hot. When it got hot, you know, you know when they get you pregnant, then they leave you. When it gets hot, uh, when it's time for a commitment, you know, people gets hot and they'll leave you. Uh, and when, when you really need a friend, when it gets hot, they'll leave you. So, 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 so he, he, Jesus said, but when the sun came up, though, now it grew, but when the sun came up. To my right, I want y'all to read 20 and 21. Don't go past that. No, okay. 20 and 21. Let's read. Okay, okay. What happens here? In verse 20, now remember I said verse 5 and 6 explains 20 and 21. So, so, so let's go back again and look at, let's look at this real good. Let's look at this real good. Mm -hmm. Now, nudge the person next to you. Say, you, you fall asleep in 10 minutes and you 60. <laughs> let's look at verse 20 again. 
as it compares to verse 5. Look at 20 again. It says, the one who receives the seed that fell on what? Is the man who what? At once and receive it with joy. Now, if we go back to five, what did five say? The, uh, my, 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 my left, that's you. What did five say? And 20 said what? Now, look what Jesus said. Now, now the seed that fell on stony places, um, which means it, it was shallow. Yeah. Uh, because of the rocks that was in there, it was shallow. Yeah. And look what they, they received it with joy. Amen. They received it with joy. Which means, yeah, they understood it. They comprehended some. And they had joy because when you really understand the word of God, it's nothing but joy. Uh, and, and I don't care how much sorrow you have, when you really understand the word of God, is nothing but what? Joy. joy. Okay, okay, so, so, they, so they did receive it, and they had joy. Now, joy is something you don't get by things happening. You get happiness from things happening. You know, because old, old Atlanta tore up yesterday when the soccer team won, and as compared to the Falcons. See, what happened with the soccer should have happened with the Falcons, but it happened with the soccer. And what happened to Atlanta? Boom, with Joe. Yeah. Like money. When you get money, for some reason you get happy. But when you don't have money, you ain't so happy. But as a believer, uh, we ought to have joy in any situation that we are in. Can I have a witness? Uh, okay, let's keep going. Verse 21. To, to my right. Verse 21 says what? But now the seed fell on some soil that had some rocks in it. Now, I don't know all of y'all who, who, who do any kind of gardening. Because when you do gardening, one of the things you have to do is clear your soil of rocks. Now, you know, I, I use chicken wire. I put it over my uh, wheelbarrow. And I dig in the soil and put it over the chicken wire. And the chicken wire would get most of the grass and rocks and stuff. Oh, nine yards. So I have pretty much pure soil. There's certain areas in, in the ground that there's big rocks that I cannot remove. Mm -hmm. 
There are some rocks in your life you cannot remove. Y'all not listening to me. There's some things that happened in our lives that is not going to be removed. You mess up your credit. They're going to tell you you ain't going to be able to remove this until you do what? This. And if you can't do this, then you got a rock you can't. Oh, you're not listening to me now. I'm making you think about what's going on in your life, right? In our hearts, we got rocks that hinder us from fully understanding the word of God. Some rocks we get rid of and some rocks we can't. And as I was a gardener, I would notice when I plant things, wherever that big rock was, what I could not remove is where plants would only last a little while. Because after a while, when things got dry and the sun comes up, it just wasn't able to last because of the roots. I'm not through yet. So we get the understanding now of verse 20 and 21 of what Jesus was talking about in verse 5 and 6, that the rocks in the soil prevent us from having deep roots that is needed in order for us to get the proper nutrients, to get the proper supply to sustain it. You need roots. To draw nutrients and all the food that we need to sustain us. Now, 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 let's understand. Uh, because of the soil is on rocky ground, it leaves very little room for germination. What happens is this: when 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 you have something growing on rocks, it will grow for a while, and the roots will will begin to core. Because it cannot expand and get deeper. Uh, let me tell you something about a tree that we ought to be like. Because <clears throat> the psalm says, like a tree planted by the I shall not. Well, let me tell you something. Because if you understand something about plants and, and trees and the whole nine yards, <clears throat> one of the things a tree needs is persecution. tree needs the wind to blow on it and to blow as hard as it can because without wind blowing on the tree, the tree roots cannot get deeper. And the more wind that a tree gets, the deeper the roots will get in order to keep itself from what? Falling over. We run away from persecution, not understand that a persecution is really an opportunity for growth. Just like relationships, we run away from relationships because we got bad experiences and we stay away from relationships because of bad experience. But you are denying yourself of growth. Because if you believe in Christ, 
the more persecution you get, the deeper you get into the word of God, which grows your roots. Expand your experiences. Folk ask me sometimes, uh, Pastor, how come you don't go after people who leave the church? I say because they believers. Bible tells me that Jesus went after, well, he used the story that the, the shepherd went after the sheep that was lost. See, you got folk in the church right now lost. And then you got folk in the church now that are believers. Now, if you're a believer, you already know what you're doing. But I need to go after the lost who don't know. I'll leave it right there. Uh, rocks leave very little opportunity for roots to grow and expand and to germinate. And at best, it makes the roots shallow. It makes it stay right there. And if you got shallow ground, then pretty much of that ground going to be sucked of its nutrients and it's just going to be a lot of roots just coiled around, which gives it no strength to hold on when things happen. Look at your neighbor and say, how deep are your roots? Well, when you have shallowness, very little soil, it absorbs quickly the nutrients, uh, but it's limited. It's limited. It's limited because there's very little soil there. It's limited. You just don't have enough. You know, because since I'm talking about the kingdom of God, talking about relationships and the whole nine yards, when you talk about your job and, and, and you say your job ain't going nowhere, your job ain't going nowhere, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see myself. And that's most certainly a, a situation to look at. Okay, but sometimes I wonder, is it because of your shallowness that you can't see farther than where you are? Most people do not take an assessment of what they are able to do. Because you don't take an assessment of what you're able to do, then your soul can be shallow. Because if I know what I'm able to do and I'm on a job, oh, y'all not listening to me. That don't have what I'm able to do, why don't I offer what I'm able to do in order to deepen? Did that go over your head? Let me put you in, to you another way. Uh, I got a degree in, in engineering, not bragging. Everybody got degrees now. When I started to work for Western Electric at the time, that gives my age away. Then it became AT&T, then it became Lucent. They told me that they didn't have a position for me as an engineer. That was a lie. But you know I am. African-American. And African-Americans are told a lot of lies. And I want to let the young folk know this. You understand this. Yes, 
You can be anything that you want to be as long as God said that's what he wants you to be. Don't think you can be anything you want to be in any place on earth unless God says that that's what he wants you to be. Because you're going to be hurt to find out down the road that you done got all these degrees and that's not what God Well, I went ahead and took a job in the cable plant. Now, I really felt some kind of way. Here I am, got an engineering degree. I'm out here, I'm out here in the cable plant doing, you know, doing manual labor. Uh, but you know what? One of the things I'm glad about is that I didn't let my pride Amen. stop me. Don't let your pride stop you from being humble. Because remember, you you, you got to go through some things first. You got to know how to humble yourself. You know, Kenny Rogers helped me with that. Kenny Rogers is one of the best preachers I listened to. Kenny Rogers said this about pride. No window. No window what? No window what? That's good preaching. You got to know how to humble yourself. Well, I went on and worked in the cable plant. And uh, here again, I I give all praises to God and thank God for Brother Leroy Stanford. Because when I was working there, Brother Leroy Stanford was already there. See, God, see, see. Understand this, young folk, because I, I can't talk to older folk because they know everything. <laughs> know this, young folks, millennials, know this. God got you covered. Amen. Don't ever think you're in a situation that God doesn't have an angel that will help you in the time of trouble. I'm up here. They put me on this manual labor, and I had a quota. I come in with clean uniform because, you know, the plantation would give you clothes to wear. I come in clean and come out just dirty like I've been a coal mine. I know them folk were laughing at me because they said, this boy don't know nothing. Okay, and they were laughing at me because they knew I had a degree. Watch this, and I'm be quick. I would struggle every day to try to make the quota. And of course, if you don't make the quota, the master will get rid of you. And nobody wants to be put off the plantation. So I'm I'm struggling like for a whole month. And and they were telling me, you need to meet the quota. You need to meet the quota. Brother Leroy Stanford came over because we were going to the same church. And I didn't know Brother Leroy then. I didn't know him. He was going to the same church. I was going to the same church. He came over there and looked at me. He said, uh, he said, uh, well, hold on. What you doing, man? I said, man, I'm trying to get my quota in. He said, uh, look here. Look here. Wait a minute. This is how you do it. 
who gave me the formula of how to get my quota here and have enough time left over to study my schoolwork because I went back to school. So I ended up learning how to get my quota in and then having enough time left over to do some study in which I was on my way to being put out of that job because I wasn't meeting my quota, but God sent an angel while I was struggling. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Because of of that, uh, later on, they put an announcement up by they were looking for engineers. Normally that doesn't happen that if you start in the plant that you move up to management. Normally that don't happen. But nevertheless, they put in, so I put in for, I put in for an engineer job. And I waited and I waited and I kept checking. I waited and waited and kept checking. Waited and waited and kept checking. Waited and waited and kept checking. Then, guess what? Just the time that I said, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. They called me. Said, we got an engineering job open over here on Roswell Road. We want to know if you're interested. And I looked at them and said, why wouldn't I be interested? I put in for it. <laughs> like they doing me. This is what God was doing. And, then, and then, then, then I got moved over. But see, look where I came from. And where God brought me to. But he didn't bring me right to that. It, I had to go through. I had to learn how to expand my roots. I had to learn how to depend on God. I had to learn how to trust God. In the midst of my struggles, I had to learn how to live Christ-like. That's how I ended up meeting Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel was over there. Yeah, Gabriel was over there, Cheryl, John Foster, and all of them. That's how I met them. And when I got over there, I had to go through some more struggles. Because cause, cause the white folk over there uh, told me, looked at me, said, Robert, you know the best thing that came out of the north? I said, what's that? They said, 75. It'll take you a minute to understand what they were saying. <laughs> and that's where Gabrielle and John Foster them started educating me on what was going on over there now that I got a new job in management situation with white folks. And I, what I want you to understand, you can stay shallow if you want to. But you have to learn how to expand your roots. You have to learn how to get rid of rocks and not let rocks hinder you from growing. And millennials, y'all don't like to wait on anything. You want everything right now. You want to have the six-figure salary. You want to have a perfect family with perfect kids, with a perfect situation right now. 
But you know, that's our fault because we thought if we gave you everything that our parents did not give us, they didn't make you better, but it made you worse. And I want you to know, millennials, the reason you are in your situation because of us. Suffering helps you deepen your roots. See, God can't get to you with us trying to protect you from everything we went through. We went through that because God wanted us to deepen our roots. Now we got our children don't know how to live life. Don't know how to wait on everything. Want everything now. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, uh, uh, just still talking about, just still talking about your roots absorbing the nutrients, and that's why you need roots. That's why you need to extend deeper. That's why you cannot stay shallow in your walk with Christ. And when rocks try to hinder you, you have to learn how to get around the rocks and remove the rocks and overlook the rocks and grow past. Okay, okay. You know, another thing about roots. Because rocks are, are, are solid, it reduced the possibility of roots to spread. Now, why that's important? Because it is. When the sun comes up and the roots are exposed, you can't hold out. Let me help you now, because I mean, I, I'm, I, I try to, I try to, I try to see if there's any way that I can preach and teach like these young millennials do. And I just, I realized last night when I was dancing with uh, Sister Goodlett, and I sure didn't enjoy that. <laughs> she was teaching me how to step. I always wanted to know how to step, but I just didn't have anybody to teach me how to step. And she pulled me out not knowing, and I didn't know what she was doing. She, I looked up, and she had her hands out. I told her, like, is this heaven? <laughs> heaven must be like this. <laughs> she pulled me out on the floor. She said, I want you to step. I said, I don't know nothing about no stepping. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, they may know something about pipping, but not stepping. <laughs> she had me out there. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand the steps, but I always wanted to. Yeah. I always wanted to learn how to step, but didn't have nobody really teach me. But, but anyhow, she, she took me out there and, you know, trying to show me how to step and and, and, and every day now I learned I learned a little bit about stepping now, but had I not been grabbed and taken out, put on the spot, and, and, and learned how to do a little something something, I would have never got past that rock of nobody not. And see, that's how God is a lot of times. Uh, he will fulfill the desire of your heart, but at his time. And that's some of the misunderstanding about the word of God, because the word of God said he will fulfill the desire of your heart. The desire of your heart would be what he wants you to have, Amen. not what you want to have. 
Amen. Because when I win the lottery, it will be when God wants me to win. But until then, I'm going to keep paying my $4. So I can get past the rock. Okay, okay. Okay, see, roots expose when it is blocked by rocks. It's too close to the top. And it, it, but it needs it needs to be deeper. It, it, something about roots being exposed to the unknown. Something about roots being exposed to the unknown. And, and when you have lack of soil, it will block the growth. And you don't know that lack of soil will block growth until persecution, sun, problems come along. Isn't that much like relationships of, 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 of dating? A lot of people talk about, I get tired of you talking about dating. I said, because that's all your life is, about relationships. If it ain't about your mom and your daddy, your sister, your brother, on the job, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Even if you go to the gym, you're going to have a relationship. If you go to the grocery store, you're going to have a relationship. You at least look at the cashier, and the cashier will look at you, and they say, money, please. <laughs> you get in Uber, you're going to have a relationship. Because they're going to ask you, what's your name? But anyhow, understand, understand right there that lack of soil will cause a problem. And the unknown, the unknown will tear you up if you ain't deep enough. If you ain't deep enough, the unknown will tear you up. Now, now watch this, because you thought I forgot what I was starting out with, because I talked about relationships, and I talked about dating. Now, the reason I'm talking about dating a whole lot because our young folks need to know. Because us parents won't tell them our failures. Now, what your kids would do is look at your relationship and make their own determination of what it is. Look at your neighbor says, not me. But you need to tell them. Because that's what God does to us. He tells us. That's why the word of God, in the word of God, there's life in the word of God because he tells us. We got our children looking at our relationship. Watch this now. How much time I got? I got two more minutes. Millennials, everybody you meet, because everybody ought to want to be married. And if you don't want to be married, it's okay. If you don't want to be married, it's okay. It's, 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 it's okay if you don't want to be married. But make sure you don't want, make sure the reason you don't want to be married is not because of distortion of what a real relationship is about. Because, you know, we can, you know, young folk can collect thoughts on their own and decide they don't want to be in a relationship because they look at our relationship and see what they appears to be messed up. 
Okay, well, well, well let me go. Let, let, let me go. <clears throat> Young folk, when you get into a relationship, you got to allow for rocks. Now, a rock in a relationship is not quite the same as the rocks in the soil. Because rocks in relationships can be issues that somebody have that have not resolved. You ain't listening to me now. And when you run into a rock and see issues, it's not necessarily for you to run away from it. It might be necessary for you to deal with it. Because however, or however you look at it, how is it for me to know what's wrong with me unless you look at me and tell me? Because in my eyes, I am always. That's why being single gives you a false picture of who you are. See, you may get along with your girlfriends, but can you get along with your boys' best friends? But now I'm noticing now, girls are telling me now, I get better, I get along better with girls, I mean boys, than I do girls. But now you got an issue. You got a rock. Why is it that you can only get along with men and can't get along with your own kind? All that tells you that you have issues that ne needs to be dealt with and in order to have your roots to get deeper you got to remove that issue and the best way to remove your issue is by the word of God we don't sit and take time and talk to our, take time and talk to our children about relationships when it comes to the opposite sex and uh, uh, friends and all the many different things they need to deal with, we leave it to someone else to educate them. Okay, I know that was, I know that. Uh, okay, let me go on. What are some of the things that can be rocky soil in our life? What can be rocks in our life now? We're, we're talking about stewardship. What keeps us from giving our tithes our time and our talents. Uh, let's see. What about the rock that's in our life that I see it, but I don't want to believe it? I see it, but I don't want to believe it. See, that will produce a rocky heart where God cannot penetrate it. Jesus did miracles of feeding the 5,000 and the disciples saw it and they understood the spiritual authority of Jesus in, the, in, in feeding the 5,000 and yet Jesus says to them when they did not believe it was him walking on the water. I spent all this time watching you feed the 5,000. Now I'm on the water. And you come up walking on the water, and I can't believe it's you. 
wait, 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 wait before you go. Uh, what is that? See it, but don't believe it. Is it so impossible to believe that Jesus can do many things other than just one thing? It's like when God heals you of your sickness. Would he not supply you of all your needs? It may not be sickness, but won't he supply you with a job? You see what he done over here, but you can't believe him what? Over there. Y'all might as well talk to me. You might as well talk to me. Uh, they, they believed the miracle in feeding 5,000, but couldn't believe that Jesus was walking on the water to help them out. Well, watch this, watch this. I got another rock for you. A rock of comfortability. You know what that rock of comfortability is? Undecided whether to, to learn about stewardship or to stay where you are. Because see, where you are right now, yeah, that stewardship stuff is fine, but they don't know my situation. I don't know why folks think that everybody got to know your situation. Do you know ain't nothing new under the sun? You ain't going through nothing that ain't nobody else done went through. I don't know why you think your condition is the only one. Tell Pastor I need to see him because I got no nobody else understand. Huck. You, you ain't going through nothing new. But 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 you're comfortable where you are. You, you don't want to you don't want to learn God because you're comfortable with being undecided. And you feel comfortable right there like God understands. Well, you know what? That rock will hinder you. It will stop your mind from being in transition from, from, from what, just believing in some things into believing all things. Well, well a lot of times when you're undecided, you don't want to make a U-turn. You want to stay right there. I know I don't really want to give right now because I'm just not decided to, to, to do that. And I want to stay right here. I'm comfortable. So I'm undecided. And, and I want you to know that undecided is a rock. I got, I got another one, and I'll be done real quick. <clears throat> well, what about... I don't know how the money is being spent. I don't know how the money is being spent. I don't know why when it comes to the church, that becomes a, a big rock for us to give. Because you don't know how the money is being spent in the White House. But they take your money. And you don't even try. But where is it going, Trump? But when it comes to the church, it becomes a rock. Well, I don't know how to spend the money. But, but, uh, and, and I think that is a, a, a something to talk about. 
But then let's keep everything in perspective. When you have a church that don't mind you wanting to know, isn't it interesting? I, I found this out. That's why I try not to keep a secret in this church. Because if I keep it a secret, then you'll want to know. But if I expose it, you don't want to know. That's why we have financial uh, financial meetings. Half of y'all don't stay. Y'all want to go on home and eat chicken. You want to go here and watch TV? You don't want to stay to find out where the money is going. Because if you find out where the money is really going, it may really convict you that this church is really trying to do something and you are a hindrance to the growth. Because remember, in verse 12, it says, those who don't want to try to understand, you got your reward now, which means you're not going to be able to grow anymore. So how are you going to help the church when you at a standstill? Normally, if you're a standstill at the church, you're a standstill at home. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Let's see. I got one more, I think. I got one more because I didn't try to count it, but I said I'd write them down if it comes to me. Some of us have a rock in our mind that says this. Not sure of how giving works. How does giving to God's church work? How does that break? That's a rock. That's a rock. That must hit a whole lot of you guys. Because see, when people ask that, they try to act like it don't make sense. If I give to God, how does that make sense? If I put my money in the bank, I can see some interest. If I go to the grocery store and buy some products, I can see where my money went. But how giving tithes and time and talent to God, how does that work? Uh, it, it don't make sense to me. I don't care. I don't care how you, I don't care how I look at it. But see, in God's word, he gives us spiritual truths. He gives us spiritual principles. Everything has principles. Everything operates by a certain order it goes by and, and and i don't care how much you you don't want order even your life have order if you don't believe me have some children you'll find yourself having order real quick but watch watch this see in god's kingdom he has the the principle of sowing and reaping a farmer understands this that if he sows a seed in the field, he's going to reap a harvest. No one really plants anything and don't expect. When it comes to God's law, Nature helps us understand that, that that sowing and reaping is a true principle. If you don't sow as God asks you to give, and your seeds and, and the seeds that you use from the word of God is your time. Come on. Say it again. Faith is about what? Doing and not understanding. 
You got to understand. That's the comprehension of God's word. It's not understanding faith. And that's why God said, I need you to understand my word. My word is have faith in me. If you have faith in me, then you're using the substance of things hoped for and no evidence of. So why are you trying to look for evidence when God's principle says, no, don't try to find evidence. Just do That's why I keep saying we were wrong when we already knew we had money when we gave to remodel the church because it wasn't faith. And a lot of people running around here talking about, I need to see before I give. And don't look at me act like you didn't see it. That's a sure sign of no faith. And when God asks you to do something, why do you keep looking for the evidence in order to give? Ain't nobody on that ministry but me. So what? You don't think God is able to multiply your ministry? It's not about understanding. It's about using your faith in God. Now, that's going to make a big difference when it comes down, when it comes down to what you're doing now. Why are you not giving your tithe, your time, and you tell it. Is it because you got to understand it before you do it? And God says, that's not my principle of sowing and reaping. That is no belief in God. And we don't need to fool ourselves that we got faith when we have no evidence. Paul says this. Have faith. James says, do it by works. Don't say you have faith and can't show no. It's one a lot of, a lot of times why what's going wrong in your life? You're not using God's principles, but yet you expect His favor. And here's my last one, unfortunately. Because the church rolls on, in your mind, you say, well, if I don't give, somebody else is going to do it. Somebody else is going to do it if I don't give. Somebody else is going to do it if I don't give. See, 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 I didn't give to the remodeling, but you see it got done. You see, you, you see even though the church needed, you know, your time, your talent, and your time, you see, we made it. We, we, we starting a new year. And I don't see that we lost nothing. I don't see where the church is hurting. Somebody else to fill in the gap. Now, what's wrong with that is this. Are you listening to me? What's wrong with that is this. Shall a you man rob God? Yet you have. And you know why Malachi said that? Because they were running around acting like they wasn't robbing God. 
and yet you have in your time. In your time and in your time. While you waiting and letting everybody else fill the gap, don't you know you're a thief? See, this is the word of God. It's okay for you to talk about how other churches are growing, but I'm sure they're growing because of the principles of God. And if a church ain't growing, then it ain't growing because they're not using the principles of God. You know, one thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close, I'm going to close. I'm going to close, I'm going to close, I'm going to close. Close. One cannot teach or lead what they do not believe. So in this 20 and 21, Jesus is dealing with the heart that has blockers, that have rocks in their heart. Or in the simple, in the simple and short way, you're allowing things to keep you from growing. And that's what Jesus is talking about right here. You got to know. You got to know this. That God cannot be mocked. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. And in case you haven't studied, Nineveh was a black city full of just us. And what made Nineveh so bad, uh, these folk didn't mind fighting. You know, it's kind of like, you know, some of the projects, you know, not down in projects, but, you know, some of the projects, when you go in there, you need to know. That's what they do. They fight, they steal, they shoot and everything else. And Jonah didn't want to go. Because he said, I ain't going in there for them rowdy people. I ain't no. And Jesus said, God said, no, go and tell them that I'm going to destroy them. And he didn't want to go in there because, number one, he was scared. Scared. You know what I mean? So being scared, he jumped on a boat, wanted to go the opposite direction. How many times we do that? You know God told you to do something in this church, but you jump on another ministry that you can sit back and be comfortable. Well, I'm on a, I'm on a ministry, Pastor. But you ain't on the ministry that God assigned you. I'm going to preach on that too. Assignment. God has assigned every one of us an assignment. And there are some assignments that are pre-printed. And he assigned us to give him our time, talent, time. And we wonder why we can't have favor with God. It's because we're running away from our assignment. But Jonah, you cannot get away from God. Even the unbelievers knew something wrong with you, man. They threw him off the boat because they said he ain't doing us no good. That let you know, believers, you, you can be a believer but won't do anybody no good. And they will still get rid of you even though I'm a believer. God had to get his mind right. Thank God for him getting all our minds right because all of our minds are messed up. At any given day, any given hour, 
he goes to Nineveh and he preaches the truth. And those black folks got saved. Whenever think that God's word ain't good. And guess what? Jonah got mad. Got mad. He said, God, you sent me into that, into that hood to tell them you're going to destroy me. You turn around and save them. So how does that look like for me? Them folks think that I'm a liar and they don't mind cutting me. So now you got me at the verge of being cut up when I told him he's going to destroy him. And so Jonah runs out in desert in the desert in the desert and wanted to commit suicide. That's nothing new to the Bible of the people of God either. Y'all get all freaked out when somebody says, Well, I thought about committing suicide. Well, well, well so what? How much stuff goes through your mind that ain't about suicide? Satan tried to get Jesus to commit suicide. What do you think he was saying when he said, if you so much a son of God, jump off of this down there? Because if you understand what he's telling him to do, that was a deep valley of rocks. And if he would have jumped off that steeple, he would have committed suicide. Suicide ain't nothing new. You have to stop getting freaked out about that. But what, what, what counteracts that rock is having faith in God. God looked at Jonah. He said, Jonah, my son, I ain't going to let you commit no suicide. So he caused the tree to grow up and cover him until he comes to his right mind. Do you know when God got you, sooner or later you got to come to your, <laughs> to your right mind? To your right mind? Folk get mad at you all the time. Yes, they do. Your church members get mad at you all the time because you didn't do something. And you need to stop getting freaked out or folk getting mad at you because you didn't do something. But you need to understand that God says, be still and know that I am. If you don't believe in God, if you don't believe his principles, if you don't have his word in your heart that you might not sin against him, then you will surely fall. You'll surely dry up. You won't make it. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. The Bible teaches us that we need him. The gospel is that Jesus died He rose, sat on the right hand of the Father, which means he has all authority. And he says, now, if you believe in me that I am the Son of God, that I died and rose, that I will keep you safe, I will save you. Not only will I save you, you will have an everlasting life. That means a life that goes past death. Now, listen to me. Don't let Satan fool you. Some of us right now are having some most difficult times in our life. And we're using that as a blocker 
to keep us from coming to Jesus because we want to make sure we got everything together before we come to Jesus. Now, if you're thinking like that, that's a rock in your mind because that's why Jesus came. He came to handle all of your tough situations. And if, if, if you can handle things yourself, then you wouldn't need Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to do just what he, what he said he'd do. He'll handle every situation that we have. Now, I'm not going to go any further. There's only two things. Like, like, like the word of God says, you either hot or cold. You either in out. You either believe or you don't. But now one thing you need to do is lay your pride aside and know this. Check out your situation and see what kind of situation that you're in. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you have no solution. So if you're going through tough times, if you're going through situations in your life, you know you need them solved. Don't act like you all that in the biscuit. You know when you get home, you're drowning in the sea of life. I'm going to offer you Jesus Christ. Either you're going to take him or you're not. Either you're going to believe him or not. But he said, I've come to save you. And you can put your pride to the side. I don't care who you think you are. God says you got problems. He want to help you. Either you take him or you don't. With that in mind, who wants to give their life to Christ and let him solve your problems?